It's what you've all been asking for. I've been getting a lot of comments saying, do some more GarageBand for iOS tutorials. So here we go. Welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Shepherd, and this is uh, Mitchell. Let the music take control. Let the rhythm move you, manly. I think that's what I said essentially. Yeah, just you were in a different part of the song than I was. Yeah, I was in the uh, the instrumental part of right. the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week is definitely instrumentals. I thought it was going to be a hard category. Yeah, there, it's definitely a, a very broad category, as I think Charlie pointed out. Um, there's a million ways you can go with it, and you can even specialize it to instrumental songs by bands that are normally not instrumental, or, or bands that are all instrumental. Or, like, the 1600s. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it can be anything, so huge range, yeah. which, but, you know, I think we tried to represent that I that sort so. of range in our, in our thing this week. I know, I remember being in, like, my late... Late teens, early 20s, listening to a lot of post-rock and instrumental music and, like, falling in love with that. So, I knew uh, this would be a fun week. I was like, I'm going to resist the urge to bring the Strauss family waltzes. Yeah, we, I appreciate that, <laughs> but... <welcome. laughs> oh, what did you bring this week? So, I'm going to start us off with Boards of Canada, Roy G. Biv. Boards of Canada is just such a perfect band. Uh, they're my favorite background music for just about everything. I love going for like a nighttime walk to some Boards of Canada and like studying to Boards of Canada. If I ever need like house music for an event that I'm doing, go with Boards of Canada. Just need music while I'm cleaning the house, Boards of Canada. It's, it's just this perfect mix of like ambient elements and electronic beats and they can be chill and relaxed or they can make you feel kind of uncomfortable, you know. Uh, they're interesting enough to grab your attention, but also laid back enough to allow you to like tune out and let it be background noise for your life. Uh, they've been been around forever, so uh, pretty much anyone doing the lo-fi hip-hop electronic beats thing is borrowing something from them. Uh, it's definitely like a precursor and prototype for vaporwave and like the synthy synth wave, chill wave sort of music, uh, and even a lot of like modern underground hip hop, a lot of that SoundCloud cloud rap. Um, you know, it's deviating from like the hard beats and heavy bass to the more chill ambient style that like Boards of Canada help kind of shape. So, uh, super influential group and perfect for every occasion. Wait, we have them to blame for Gucci Gang? I I, I don't. Th I think Gucci Gang's probably more trap, right? I, I don't know. know. It's been a while since I've listened to it. Well, I want to give a shout out to Roy G. Bev. Right. Even though they've kind of kicked, I think, Indigo out. 
Oh, have they? I think so. That's not fair. I know. Uh, this is just, it's sheer fatness of the synth that yeah. makes me happy. It's just a fat synth. I feel like Boards of Canada is like your version of my Chill Cal YouTube. It absolutely which is. is. Actually, apparently, Chill Cal YouTube is my version of Boards of Canada. Right, yeah, I think that's probably right. um, more accurate. Even if they've been around forever, they don't have like this dated synth sound, and it's just relaxing. And I could see sauntering with some earbuds like around the neighborhood. Oh, it's or the best. I know, studying to this. And also, I'm kind of disappointed because you've kept this in your back pocket. Yeah, you got to drop it on just on people at just the right time for them to really appreciate some boards of Canada. Remember last December when I was taking my exam? Yeah, that would have been the time, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been perfect. Now, you went with synth. Mm-hmm. I went with more analog. I brought Sean Murphy's Pulse. It says, recorded inside the abandoned 1.5 million square feet Sears Crosstown building in Memphis, Tennessee from August 2011 to June 2012. That's kind of specific because this building is no longer abandoned. Yeah. And it's no longer Sears Crosstown. This is an album I picked up shortly after moving to Memphis. And while all these songs like capture an atmospheric space, uh, this one I think best represents the life of Sears Crosstown, which is now the Crosstown Concourse. Mm-hmm. In the years since this was recorded, this whole building has been brought back to life, like resuscitated after being left to decay for decades upon decades, like I think almost like 40 years. Pulse is a slow jazz tune that almost captures when this building was bustling with workers like in the 40s and now it's like bustling with residents, workers, visitors, and any number of events each week. You can just waltz on in there and get some coffee mm-hmm. and it's just it's, I don't know, like this whole album just amazes me and I'm so glad I grabbed it before I even knew that like this wasn't even a thought to renovate this building. Right, yeah. It's it's got the the very chill, jazzy vibes, but like some Memphis soul to it. I'm super into it. You know, a lot of modern jazz is like very busy and flamboyant. This song kind of keeps it cool the whole way through. Um, and although the connection to the concourse is kind of drawn for us since he like recorded it there and has the sketch of the building on the album cover, I legitimately think that the mood fits really well here. Like I was actually sitting in the Crosstown concourse earlier myself, like listening to this this morning, and uh, it definitely does capture a certain energy of, of what it used to be before it was abandoned and sort of foreshadowed that energy returning to the building after being remodeled and like being so sparse but with very clear direction and momentum. Uh, the song captures this very Taoist emptiness where, like, the focus is shift away from emptiness as being a void of something and instead emptiness as, like, massive 
with potential. And, you know, that correlates pretty clearly to the potential of that building and the potential for Midtown Memphis to embrace being a hub for arts and culture and, yeah. and that sort of thing. It's just, I am so glad that album was ever created, though. Because, you yeah. know, so many people had to break into that building to graffiti, I guess. Yeah. It's like, now we can sit there and just waltz on in to exactly. something that was like, I guess even when you moved here, it was all chained up and closed. I, it after four months of me living here yeah. is when it uh, opened up as the Crosstown Concourse. Okay. So yeah. they, they had just finished it whenever I moved here. Yeah. I It was still just this big, empty space with no plans when I moved here. And That's I crazy. Like, well, it, I, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I can't. I've seen, you know, they have the pictures in there. I can't yeah. imagine because it's just like massive. Um, my mom used to live like in this area. So I remember passing by, by it, yeah. but never even realizing it had no purpose. Our ear buddies brought a huge variety, and it's, y'all, it's just, it's great. I had so many good instrumental vibes this week. (laughs) (laughs) Frank, love you, Frank. He brings Blooming Villain from Persona 5. on this or the remix version but i love the guitar tones on the original so here it is there is this like underlying gear song like sound that is just very cool like you can hear gears moving forward and it's just a driving forward motion and there's this variation that makes it not fall into that boring and predictable beat and i believe i think we're like a sub a sub podcast of persona five yeah i think i think so <laughs> yeah it's our our meta universe version. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like a month ago, Frank actually let me borrow Persona Five because I'd never played it before, and boy, what a wormhole I fell into. <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge video game dude, but like certain games will hook me, and this one got me hard. You know, I started I started playing uh, when I was on spring break from school, and like played it for absurd, unhealthy stretches of time <laughs> every day. And then when spring break was over, you know, it took me about two weeks to return <laughs> to like a, a healthy relationship with that game where I could like get work done without wanting to play it. Uh, this is the music that plays during the boss fights in the game. Oh, yeah, okay. and just just hearing that like punchy mechanical bass line just gives me anxiety now. <laughs> Uh, but then there's that like triumphant guitar lead that sounds like some Power Rangers or something like that. It's definitely what Frank was talking about. And it's perfect to like keep you pumped and motivated while you're while you're busting your magic on meta dimensional adversaries. So now I have to like find out about this game because now you know what the oh, game's man. about. Yep, it's so cool though. <laughs> it it is a really fun game. Yeah, I. I gotta believe so, cause I mean, first of all, all the music, and the music seems, rules. The music seems really cool. Lum brings Earth's engine of ruin.
said, sorry, Mitchell, this one is mine. I'm assuming that's what Lum sounds like. Close enough. Okay. Close enough for funk, baby. <laughs> I, I wanted just enough beard in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like very David Lynchy. It's bluesy, but not jazz. And I have no idea. It's like lumbering and building like a thought building in your head as you're falling asleep and then being incorporated in your dream world. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I like. I really like that imagery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Earth is one of my favorite bands of all time, and uh, the most unfortunate thing of all is that they're not the sort of band that you can just play for someone and expect them to get it and to like it. Uh, a lot of it seems very droney and repetitive and maybe boring for folks who don't know what they're listening for, but uh, Earth is a very hypnotic and, and entrancing band, and uh, they're just masters of that subtle layering and like creating these complex soundscapes that ebb and flow. Uh, definitely the sort of thing that you might put on in the background and kind of forget about it for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're in a movie. You know, uh, a couple of their records, including this one, draw inspiration from Cormac McCarthy, uh, spe specifically the book Blood Meridian. Is it as dark as some of his other books? It's supposedly the most like dark and, and, okay. and brutal... Okay. depiction of the west Jeez. yeah and so you can really feel like that dark western vibe and a lot of earth's stuff uh so if you like spacey hypnotic moody instrumental music definitely suggest digging into earth it's like i'm still anxious now because you mentioned cormac mccarthy and i'm like very oh man into the worldly kind of stuff usually right <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. definitely oh yeah his, yeah. his stuff's dark. bleak <laughs> very very bleak jason brings Shout out to the EKGs. Um, Jason brings dysrhythmia sleep to care. after having too much caffeine pvcs yeah uh no. was it pre uh what a premature ventricular contractions gotcha there we go i just call them pvcs because it's easy that's why everybody calls them that but either way i thought you were talking about pvc pipe no like, i don't know what, what is pvcs it's okay. a it's a dysrhythmia now we've learned things together <laughs> on this podcast yeah. it's an example of how something like so tight can be which is something my parents would just call just noise and there's just so much precision being executed. And yes, I'm absolutely. I'm assuming everyone is sweating at the end of this. This is their <laughs> only song that they do. And how these folks just don't give up in the middle of the song when their hands start cramping, cramping is mind-boggling. But seriously, so well executed and so precise yeah it's definitely what i love about these sort of bands um so precise. yeah I'm, I'm really glad that jason submitted this so we can kind of represent the the heavy side of instrumental music i know uh, especially you uh, whenever <laughs> you think of metal music you probably think of the angry growly screamy vocals 
right? Uh, but there's tons of super heavy bands that bring that same like intensity and heaviness without vocals at all. And dysrhythmia is definitely on the noisier, mathier, more technical side of that spectrum, uh, like building that tension with weird angular riffs and lots of dissonance, uh, really spastic drumming. But but it all serves that cohesive and clear end, and like that precision is exactly what makes it so impressive and fun to listen to. Um, there's also other bands like Pelican and Russian Circles who do the instrumental heaviness with more atmospheric riffs and are a bit more melody and groove driven. And so as a fan of heavy music, it's always refreshing to hear bands that subvert those expectations and kind of bring their message through the music alone. Do they have long hair and beards? I would say yes. But I would have to. I, I would know. have to imagine probably so, dreadlocks and dysrhythmia. Uh, I would imagine the dysrhythmia dudes probably have dreadlocks. Okay, so I have a question because I know that you play heavier music mm-hmm. and it's pretty mathy and generally fast. Mm-hmm. How in the world do you guys stay like cool? I mean, you just gotta you gotta practice all the time and get used to it, and you have to do your finger exercises to make sure your hands don't cramp, which yeah. mine do all the time because I don't practice enough. Oh well, but like just general sweatiness is that like a problem? Oh, definitely for me because I'm fat and furry, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. It's like if they have so much hair. How yeah, no, it's it's very, very, very hot. So that's why the ponytail is like a standard. Well, I usually let my hair down whenever I play shows, so it's I'm just slinging it around, and and that helps, I guess. Just like slinging my hair around creates a, a oh, an oh. airflow. I was like, now I'm thinking about maybe that does help with like the cooling off, with the head banging, right, and the it's, sweat. Yeah, that's like a whole. Uh, Headbanging all makes sense. Now. Yeah, headbanging vents. Yeah, the, I, that does make sense. Yeah, I, I understand everything. This is a medical podcast now. We've, <laughs> we've crossed over. Yeah. Uh, David H. brings Secret Chiefs 3 The End Times. This has some like Kill Bill Spaghetti Western vibes going on, and I don't know if that's a theremin, but I want to say it's probably. A yeah, uh, not usually what I get from things called the end times. <laughs> I'm looking at those evangelical preachers who may right. be scared as a child. Uh, if this is the end, I think I could chill out during the whole end of the world. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah. So yeah, I've never listened to Secret Chiefs three before, and I can't believe it took me this long to find it. Uh, this project is the brainchild of Trace Bruants from the band Mr. Bungle. Hey. Yeah, and I've always loved how like genre bending Mr. Bungle was, and how intricate and well arranged their songs were. And it's apparent to me now that Trace Bruance was likely the main source of that eclecticism. Uh, lots of Arabic and Mediterranean influence, lots of European folk influences, and like glimpses of funk and metal, and all synthesized seamlessly and inconspicuously. It doesn't sound forced or like he's just trying to emulate something that's outside of his wheelhouse. Like, oh well, I heard this cool folk song and I want to steal it. Like. <laughs> He obviously knows his stuff, and it doesn't sound forced. It's all perfectly crafted, purely authentic, 
And I definitely see myself just stealing tricks from him since he knows what he's doing. I'm just going to make the, the half-assed version and steal all his tricks. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, I just was like, this has got to be spaghetti western, but I'm sure that all of those like elements are in there. And it's so... Yeah, it's definitely got Effort. some of that. It's effortless. Yeah, it's, it's, effortless. it's wonderful. Yeah. Hector brings Santo and Johnny sleepwalk. This is from a movie that my family would sit and watch and cry at the end, too. The movie is La Bamba. It's about the life of Richie Valens, and to this day, I cry when I see this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I've never seen the movie La Bamba, even though I love the music of Richie Valens, and Lou Diamond Phillips is a fantastic <laughs> actor. Um, I've absolutely heard this song, though, and it's especially interesting having it laid over the end of La Bamba, where uh, Richie Valens' family is like hearing of his death. And, you know, this song is like very bittersweet. It's got like a romantic feel. There's also a sense of like loss and regret to the melody that I'm I'm not sure I would have pegged without that imagery, but once that connection's been made, it's sort of an obvious element to the mood of the music. It gives me that sense of like impermanence, kind of like highlighting the beauty behind the fact that nothing lasts forever. You know, nothing gold can stay, and we should feel lucky and grateful for the opportunity to live and experience. And you know that we only have a limited time makes our experiences that much more meaningful. That's actually like really, really, really like thoughtful especially because like at the beginning of the week we like notre dame kind of burned yeah so i was like i was thinking that when that was happening everybody's freaking out. i was like well you know what this is just a, a thought of impermanence yeah, exactly. Um, but i've never seen la bomba and i had no idea that in the plane crash that took out buddy holly and the big bomber yep. we lost richie valens for some reason i thought he was like still around which sure. is on me i run a music podcast <laughs> and i didn't know that um La Bamba was one of my favorite classics to hear uh, on Cool 103. And this instrumental piece really does capture some of the mood also of like what really Richie Valens made. Like it kind of was this just this rock and roll that was also pretty inf- like Spanish influenced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's just smoothness of guitars and like just just ah. It's emotional. I like this yeah, song. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, like, uh, if you're going to end a song about Richie Valens and, like, his life and music, and apparently his musical career was, like, only eight months long. Yeah, he, it wasn't very long. He, like, got a hit very early on after after trying and, yeah. and then died shortly thereafter. Yeah, so I was like, I would have loved to see more of what he made, too. But this song, I guess, was created for the movie, and I think it was, like, a perfect, me- like, a perfect ending and inside oh, I'm trying to speak and it's not making sense but you know what I'm saying right? I do know what you're saying yeah. it is a very perfect song yeah uh, Charlie brings the Mercury program's Shea Viking 
says, gotta give some love to the Mercury program. The way I would always try and get people into them is to say they're like tortoise, but better, though all I really mean by that is I personally like them more. The song was my alarm for a long time. I recommend it. It's just like so lively and fun. It's this big old stretch in the morning after a bunch of coffee, and this is seriously uplifting bit of like a guitar bells or belly <laughs> guitar. Um, I'm betting this is a major chord. Yeah, there's definitely lots of major key stuff yeah. happening in this one. Yeah. I'm very, very excited to have this band back on my radar. 19-year-old Mitchell used to listen to so much of that like really groovy instrumental stuff, like the Mercury Program, Tortoise, Tristeza, Maserati, all so, so good. And just It sounds like futuristic cities being built, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very progressive sounding, but also has a very classic feel to it as well. I uh, especially love the vibraphone, which is the, the bell sort of sounds you're hearing. It's like I kind of a xylophone. A There's definitely guitars going on, too, and they, they get creative with the tones, but it's the sort of xylophone type thing you'll hear. They're the vibraphones. Tortoise also uses them a bunch, uh, and they're definitely one of my favorite uh, things to, to be in, in chill instrumental music like that. Um Mercury program can be really ambitious and hopeful and bright, and they can dial in that more like sullen feeling of being trapped inside on a rainy day. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot about this band. So Mercury program definitely going to be in heavy rotation over the next few weeks. Thank you, Charlie, for putting them back on my radar. They're so good. I like all the instrumentals, and I know we were late this week and stuff, but that's fine. Well, not even that late. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. If you want to reach out to us on the Twitters, you are. At Pow I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Willite, and the show is at END Pod. The Facebook group, which is where uh, I think there were like 60 something. Yeah, 60 something. Yeah, uh, is Earbuds and Earworms podcast group on the Facebooks. You can always leave us a voicemail at 731 400 BUDS or 731 400 2837. And you can email the show, ENDPod at gmail.com. Especially if it's an insurance ad. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find this show on endpod.com, part of the 10710 Network. Who's our final song? All right, I'm going to leave us with Deer Hoof and their song Rainbow Silhouette of the Milky Rain. That's uh, not at all, like... <laughs> of a title. Yeah, the uh, Deerhoof is a very weird but fun, like mathy experimental band. Lots of off kilter melodies and arrangements, and sometimes really catchy, and sometimes a bit obtuse. Um, they do normally have vocals, but this instrumental is one of my favorites from them. It's got like poppy fun parts, but also gets weird and frantic in parts. Uh, they're such an eclectic band. Their drummer, Greg Saunier, is one of the most powerful and creative drummers I've ever heard. Just a weird, wonderful band. So I hope you guys enjoy Rainbow Silhouette. Rainbow Silhouette of the Milky Rain from Deerhoof.
was literally just time for me to think of what I'm going to say. 